Hello. Hello. Is this thing on? Am I on? Oh, I'm on. Hello. It's been a while since I've been up here. <laughs> well, good morning. There's my official greeting. Good morning. Um, we just want to welcome all of you who braved the rain this morning. It's a tough time here in California, man. Anyways, we just want to welcome all of you, and we especially want to welcome any of you who are a guest with us for the first time today, or for the second time, and you came back. That's so great. Anyways, welcome. Oh, and who are we? Yes, who are we? Who are we? Who are you? <laughs> well, I'm married to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm Peter. This is Linda. I'm Linda. And uh, yeah, we're just a part of Nissan. Right. You know, uh, speaking of the rain, yeah. does it feel like fall to you guys? Yes. So I like to point out that fall has not arrived yet, that it arrives this Friday, uh, at specifically at 11.49 p.m. when the aut autumnal equinox happens. But Linda likes to point out that fall has already arrived because our fall decorations are out at our house. Yes. So. September 1 kicks in and so do my fall decorations. <laughs> Yeah, Melody knows. If you know, you know. Yeah. Well, we are all here to, to worship together. That's what that we're about this morning. And, uh, you know, here at New Song, we have a mission, and that is that we wish to be transformed by the Holy Spirit to follow Jesus, love people, and do good. And when you look around this community, that's what you see, hopefully. I mean, that's really what we're uh, striving to do. So um, we uh, invite you to engage in that process with us. And then we want to tell you about a few things coming up in the next couple of weeks where some of, some of that will take place uh, right here in this uh, community. That's right. So tonight it starts. So ladies, if you are 13 and up, uh, you are invited to the Glendora Marketplace at five o'clock, we are gonna hang out. Um, you can come, you can enjoy food at the marketplace. You don't need to. You could bring a little snack yourself if you want. If you don't wanna bring a snack or get food there, guess what? Melody's gonna have treats for us. So it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Um, and uh, just come hang out, meet someone new. Um, it's gonna be a great time. Also tonight, Melody is going to hand out uh, calendars. Uh, one calendar will be for women's events, one is for mom-to-mom -mom events, and one is for something new called Tuesday Tea uh, in Melody's office. So that's gonna be super fun. So you'll be able to get all of these first, hot off the presses. So yes, that'll be great. So join us tonight, five o'clock, Glendora Marketplace. And... <laughs> See, we rehearse this ahead of time. We don't rehearse. I know when he gives me that look. I know I'm, I forgot something. Anyways, yes, also, uh, this Wednesday night, the small groups, the Summer of Love small groups continue at 6.30 right in here. If you haven't come yet, come this week. Um, you don't have to have come to all of them. So um, we'd love to have you there. And at the same time, our students are meeting, uh, playing games, learning about God's word, praying. And there's our students right back there. Lovely bunch. Woo! All right. 
Yes, so that is at the same time as the small groups. Now, next uh, Wednesday night, the 27th, I believe that's going to be, we will close out that series with a community night. Um, This is going to be a uh, potluck. And uh, so we're all going to come together, 6.30 on Wednesday, uh, youth group included, and uh, join each other for some food and fun and fellowship. Um, Now, here's, here's a tip. Don't everybody bring dessert. We need a few, like, entree-type meals. Uh, we want a couple desserts. Like, I like dessert. But uh, kind of spread it around, you know, talk to your neighbors, figure out who's bringing what, and uh, that way we'll have, uh, have a good mix of, uh, of food there. Does that make a sense? A bucket of chicken is always a good move. That's right. I love a greasy bird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, that's, that's a week from this Wednesday, and then it will officially be fall, right? Everybody with me on that? All right. <laughs> okay, uh, so um, our lead pastor, Grant, is on vacation with his family in Scotland right now. So we want to be praying for them as they are over there and enjoying time with his parents and his brother. Um, but uh, today... Melody will be bringing the message. So if you would just join me in prayer for a minute, and uh, we'll just uh, lift up both Grant and Melody. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, uh, I thank you for just this opportunity that we have to be together to, to worship, uh, to sing, and to pray together, and to hear from your word. Father, um, this is what uh, we have been built up to do as a community. So God, I pray that as we uh, move into uh, our teaching time, God, that you would just really speak through Melody, that you would um, give her words of wisdom. Father, we lift up Grant and Rana and uh, Kira and Ethan as they're traveling. God, I pray that you'd be keeping them safe and also uh, just giving them a great time of uh, fellowship with, uh, with their family there. Um, be with us now, and we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Melody, it's all Thank yours. You. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. I love how Peter just kind of moves on from whatever Linda just said. He's like, there's no commenting on that. I'm just going to move on. Uh, okay, so let me just add to what was said about tonight. In fact, I am not the one bringing snacks tonight. Candace, who is right here, she is the one making snacks. And if, she, if you've ever had a snack from Candace, you know you want to be there. And I will have my entire women's ministry team. I'll have Regine, I'll have Kate, I'll have Candace, I'll have Monica. There's going to be a bunch of us there, and we'll all be handing out. So... Everything is um, been planned and set forth for you by a team of women who have thought about you, prayed about you, so be there tonight, yeah? Yeah? You're not sure. You're like, I barely made it to church. As soon as I get home, I'm going to put sweats on, and there's no promise of me showing up. Well, I promise you, come in your sweats, okay? Come in your sweats. Maybe I'll be in sweats, too. Uh, Well, as Peter and Linda mentioned, my name is Melody, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so happy to um, be with you this morning. Uh, Last week, we actually had one of our elders, Fuzz, Rana, uh, I don't think I see him today, I think he was traveling today, Um, 
he is actually the president of this organization, and I should have said this last week, uh, the president of this organization called Reasons to Believe, and this organization ties faith and science together. And he talked to us all about creation and all about the a million things I was like, can you say that 20 more times? And then we'll, uh, we'll, I'll probably be able to understand it. But what a great sermon he gave. And I've been thinking about it all week and just how, man, how much Jesus loves us. And we see this through creation. Today we're talking about Jesus loves me, this I know, for the resurrection tells me so. So if you are just joining us today, we are in this series called Summer of Love, although it is fall on Friday, Peter. Um, but yes, September 1, the pumpkins, they make their arrival at my house, and we put all our fall decorations out, and it's great. Um, but uh, so we only have a few more. Next week, we have My Community Tells Me So. So make sure to come next week. If you see someone who's not here this week, tell them to show up because we're going to do something really interesting next week, kind of fun. So I invite you to that one as well. I invite you every Sunday, yeah? Just come, come all the time. Unless you're on vacation, then for sure, unplug, don't come. But if you're at home and able to, come to church. All right, so I have a question. Um, have you ever had one of those experiences where you hear your name being called and it was kind of a big deal? Like, like a big deal. Like, not just at the doctor's office or, you know, wherever, you're at the tire store. You know, although at the doctor's office, my heart does jump a little bit because I'm like, oh, finally my turn. Uh, but I'm talking about a moment when your name is called and everything around you just kind of stops. Everything around you just kind of stops. Maybe everything is really quiet and you hear your name called. Or maybe everything is really loud and noisy and there's a million people around you and you hear your name called. Well... Uh, I have some, some experiences like that, something that maybe you can relate to. Um, I remember, who remembers being called as student of the month in elementary school? Okay, did that happen to, no, you all were bad grade kids? Okay, well in elementary school, right, they have student of the month where you get called for either your academic achievement or your citizenship, right? You're either like smart or you're really a good person. Um, you could be both, but I always got citizenship. Um, I remember being a senior in high school, and at senior graduation time, we were at senior awards, and the principal got up there to give the principal scholarship out, and he said, and the principal scholarship goes to Melody Miranda. And I was like, hmm? Did you see my grades for math and science the past four years? Like... You're sure, this Melody Miranda, this Melody Miranda? So uh, I got the principal scholarship. I was super shocked. Um, I remember going to department stores with my mom. Who remembers Sears, right? Yeah, okay, here we are. Um, no one in those two rows raises their hands. It's fine. Um, so I remember going to Sears in Pasadena. That's where we grew up. Sears in Pasadena with my mom and and, you know, I was a young adult by then, and um, we would just kind of split up, and this was before cell phones. And so she'd be done shopping before I was, but she never had the patience to go look for me. So she'd go to the jewelry desk, and they would page me. 
So I'd hear Melody Miranda, please meet your mom at jewelry. And I'd be like, oh my gosh. Like, whose mom is that? That's embarrassing. Um, so she would do that. So little did I know that my four children would carry on this tradition because um, at Ikea here in West Covina, I don't know if it's still there, but there used to be a place called Small Land where you could check in kids for childcare for a little bit. Is it still there? Still there, okay. Um, so there's a place called Small Land where you could check in your kids and um, drop them off for an hour while you shopped. Well, I'm blissfully shopping, you know, walking around, and I hear, Melody Miranda, please come pick up your kids, Melody Miranda. And I was like, whoa, that's only like 20 minutes in. This is, this must be a mistake. Nope. Melody Miranda, please come pick up, or Anderson by then. You know what? It's the Anderson's fault. That's what it is. The Anderson tradition carried on with our kids. Um, actually, it's my tradition, so that's a lie. The Miranda tradition. Um, so in Ikea, you know, it takes you 20 minutes just to get back to the door, right? And so I'm like, okay, let me see what's happening. Let me see what's happening. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, it's like a Monday. No one's here that really knows me. And they, I kept being paged, and I couldn't walk fast enough to get to Smallland. And I'm thinking, at least no one's here that knows me. Well, not only do I run into one person or two people, I run into three people who knew me and who heard my name being Paige and like stuck their head out. Oh, I heard your name. Oh, yes, you did. You did. It turns out my kids were throwing those foam blocks at each other. Do you remember those foam blocks? Well, some other kid got caught in the crossfire and Anderson kids are banned from Ikea small land. It's fine. It's fine. So, um, but I think, I think the most significant time I have ever heard my name called was when I was a flight attendant many years ago. So if you don't know this story, I was a flight attendant for a little while, and I was based out of Chicago O'Hare. And Chicago is um, what's considered the most connected airport. And so that means, I think it's like the fourth busiest airport in the world. And so um, I'm traveling out of Chicago O'Hare, and one cold and snowy Chicago storm morning, we, um, our, all flights were grounded. All flights were grounded until further notice. Now, if you don't know this, um, if your flight is delayed or grounded or whatever, nine times out of ten, your crew is already there, and they're grounded too. They're, you're not just waiting on the crew most of the time. So, um, so the crew, we were there, we were all grounded, not going anywhere. So I decide, you know, I'm tired of sitting in this crew room. I'm going to go explore. And has anyone been to Chicago O'Hare? Yeah? It's like a museum and uh, like a, a mall. <laughs> it's like all of these things combined. And it's this, this huge airport. So, so I went and I explored and it was great. I don't, I don't remember, I've probably blocked this out now, but how much time I was actually gone. And I'm in line for coffee at a coffee place, and I hear, Melody Miranda, please report back to United Airlines. Melody Miranda, please report back to United Airlines. And I'm nowhere near United Airlines terminal. And I'm like, I, this, is, this is bad. So I don't even think I said bye to the couple next to me, and I'm jumping back on the terminal shuttle, right? You've been on there where you have to catch a connection, but you have to get on a shuttle or a bus or whatever. 
I'm running down the conveyor belt, the conveyor belt of people. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. And I'm in heels when I'm doing this, okay? I'm in heels. And I'm running, and I made it back to United Airlines Terminal before they paged me again. Well, what I didn't know at the time was that I had been paged several times throughout the United Terminal. Just this was the first time I was paged airport-wide. So by the time, and cell phones, I had a cell phone by then, but they didn't have, I'm talking 20 years ago, the cell phone signal was not what it is now. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't get a call, whatever. So I'm running through the terminal, and um, I, I kind of hear whispers as I'm going, like, oh, there's the girl. Oh, there's a flight attendant they're waiting for. That must be Melody Miranda. I'm hearing this, I'm hearing this, and I'm like, ooh. And, um, and this guy, I don't even know, this guy stands up, and he's like, there she is. There's Melody, everybody. And the entire, like, little section of the flight, you know, where there's, like, uh, gate 26, 25, 21, whatever, the entire little section of that terminal started cheering. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is so funny. And um, I was, you know, I thought, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, and so when I get on board, the, the flight, I was the lead flight attendant, and they can't board any of the passengers until I am on board. And so, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, sorry, guys. Like, I didn't even know, and the crew was pretty, like, okay about it. But my flight attendant manager was not okay with it. I got put on a 30-day probation, like, immediately, immediately. And, um, and she said, don't, don't ever do this again. So you better believe me and my high heels did not go anywhere for my, the rest of my career as a flight attendant in Chicago O'Hare. But, you know, as, as the passengers came on board, you know how they're just standing there, they're going, welcome, welcome, welcome aboard, or they're talking to each other and they don't even care about you? Well, I was the welcome flight attendant, and they're like, hey, Melody, what's up, Melody? Hey, Melody, you're Melody, right? You're the, yeah. So I don't think my name has ever been said so many times back to back, or my name has ever been called in that just kind of epic kind of story. So if you have had an experience like this, if you've been surprised at your name being called, or um, maybe you have a funny story about this, please share it with me, because I would love to know. And better yet, why don't you come on Wednesday to small groups and share it with a group of people? It's so fun. It's so fun to get to hear these stories together. But today, I want to share with you about someone in the Bible whose name was called whose name was called, and I would say that this story in the Bible is probably the most epic time a name was ever called. Let me read to you from the book of John, chapter 20. I'm going to take a little sip of water here. Okay, John 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. 
He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. When he saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head, the cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside of the tomb crying. As she wept, she, went, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they have put them, where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. She did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, please tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary. Mary, along with the other disciples and the followers of Christ, had been through the most traumatic week of their lives. Their friend, their brother, their son had been beaten tortured, and killed. That's among the many things. And here we are on this day, the day of the resurrection, and Jesus calls Mary by name. Now, again, I've, I've had my, my name called for a bunch of different things, but can you imagine what that would have been like to hear your name called by the man that is back from the dead. I'd like you to stop and imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine he said, Terry, Linda, Lydia, Bill. I don't know, I don't know that I can express what, that, what I think that might have felt like or what I think that would have been like. But to hear your name called that morning. This is, this is it. This is the moment. This right here is the moment that all of Jesus' time on earth, God's plan, this is all coming together on this day. Jesus is resurrected on this day. This is the moment when God's design comes and makes a way for us to uh, come back to him freely, to enter his presence freely, to enter eternal life into his kingdom. This is that moment. This is that moment. And he calls her by name. He calls her by name. It's one of the first things he does. And then Jesus goes on to appear to more people, to more of his followers and he's calling people by name. And as he's doing this, he's giving some commands that we're going to see here in a moment. He's giving some instructions. So soon after he calls Mary, he appears to his disciples who are locked in a room. They're locked in a room. They're scared for their lives. Again, their friend, their, their Lord, everything was just 
arrested, crucified, tortured. They're locked in a room. They don't know what to do. I'm going to read through some of John chapter 20 and 21, and I'm going to highlight, highlight the commands that Jesus said in those moments. And for the sake of time and clarity, I'm only highlighting commands. I'm not reading the entire passage or we can be here all day. So I'm just going to focus on the commands. So I'm going to start in John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord again. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And when he breathed on them, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Chapter 21, verse 17, Jesus said, feed my sheep. Verse 18, he said to them, follow me. So Jesus gives seven commands in what we just read. A few weeks ago, you might have missed it because that was the day of the other storm. The other storm that, you know, was, what was it called? Hurricane something? (laughs) Hurricane Hillary. Um, Grant gave a fantastic message on the seven things that Jesus said from the cross and what those statements mean to us. And today, I want to look at the seven commands Jesus gives after his resurrection and what those seven commands mean to us. So let's, let's look at them, but I want to make them personal to us today. Now, if you were here when I preached on Jesus Loves Me This I Know For, my story tells me so, you might remember that I took Psalm 23 and I explained, hey, let's make this personal to us today. Well, today I want to make these commands personal to us. Because, if I have, because as I have said before, the word of God is personal to each and every one of us. It is. I don't care if you're zero years old, if you're 100 years old. It is personal and alive and active and speaks to us. It is about us. It is for us. Will you say amen to that? Amen. amen. So let's read these commands he gives after the resurrection. So in the blank, I need you to put your name. Okay, so let's read it aloud. Melody, peace be with you. Melody, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Let's read a little louder. Receive the Holy Spirit. Stop doubting and believe. Melody, blessed are those who have not seen but yet have believed. Feed my sheep. Melody. Follow me. So if you look at these commands, and, I've, and now you said, Nancy, peace be with you. Grace, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Candace, receive the Holy Spirit. Does it feel a little more personal? Does it? But here's the thing. What do we do with this? How are these commands, how do these things tell me he loves me? 
How does the resurrection tells me he loves me? How do these commands apply to my life today? If you're a note taker or a picture taker, pull out your pen, pull out your phone, because I'm about to throw a lot of Bible at you, okay? That's the only way to support this. So the first verse I'm going to give you is Ephesians 2, 13. How do we know he loves us through the resurrection? This is how. But now you belong to Christ. At one time you were far away from God. Now you have been brought close to him. Christ did this for you when he gave his blood on the cross. We have peace because of Christ. Ephesians 2.13. Next verse, John 16.33. I have said these things to you that you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. You could put a blank in there. In the world, you will have financial trouble. In the world, you will have divorce. In the world, you will have death. In the world, you will have things that you cannot explain. But take heart, I have overcome the world. John 17.8. They knew with certainty, and this is, this is Jesus praying to God. He said, they knew with certainty that I came from you. And they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. We're going to talk about that one in a second. John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. I can read verse after verse and fill a thousand more slides this afternoon of, of just proof, proof that the resurrection tells us he loves us and, and that Jesus, what he did, what he said, everything about him helps us live out those commands. Peace be with you. Uh, feed my sheep, follow me, all those things. I can read verse after verse. These are not just commands. These are promises. These are promises, promises to you and me, and we have to claim them. We have to claim them and believe them to be true. There's a quote that I don't have up there, but Dallas Willard said, um, you don't, we don't just believe because we say we believe. We don't just believe just even if we want to believe. The only way we believe is if we act as if we believe. I probably totally butchered that quote, but that's what he said. <laughs> He said, we have to act as we believe. Promises to you and me, we have to claim them. This is proof that after the resurrection, his great love for us, he, these are promises that he gives us. And I believe that you, if you are here today, if you are in one of these seats, it is because you have some sort of belief in God. Some sort of belief in God. Now, you may have questions which is absolutely fine. You may have confusion, also 100% accepted. Your relationship with God might be on mute right now, but you are here because something stirs in your heart, and these promises are for you. His word, the life and death of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, I believe that you are here because your heart desires a better way a better way, and you know that, or I will tell you today, that that is made possible because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know why I share the story of running through Chicago O'Hare? Because as I was running, when I heard my name, everything stopped. Everything stopped. 
And I, and I don't know how long it took me to run there. I don't know if I look like a crazy person, but when I heard my name called, I knew it was important. I knew I had to pay attention. Mary heard Jesus say her name, and it changed everything. It changed everything. And God calls our name, and that changes our life. That changes our life. In Isaiah 43, it says, Don't be afraid, for I will protect you. I call you by name. You are mine. You are mine. I call you by name. You are mine. God calls us. That changes our lives. That changes our life. So how do we respond? Again, what do we do with these seven commands? Well, let's read them. Number one, it says, peace be with you. We have to claim that peace. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. What do we do? We live out the good news with others. We're in community together. Receive the Holy Spirit. We allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to guide us. We stop doubting. It's a, the command is stop doubting and believe. We have to claim faith. We have to claim it. Have you ever been in something where you're just like, I don't see the way out. I don't understand. This is an impossible situation. We have to claim, stop doubting and believe that there is something bigger than me out there. That the Lord went and died on a cross so that I could have hope, so I can claim peace. Blessed are those who have not seen but yet believed. We claim hope. Feed my sheep. We minister to those around us. Follow me. We follow Jesus and are obedient to him. I'm going to have the band come up. We follow Jesus and we are obedient. These commands, these promises are to help us live day to day in the good, in the bad, in the beautiful, in the ugly. We are not left to our own devices. What happens when we're left to our own devices? What happens when we try things on our own? It might work out, sure. It might work out, but here comes trouble. That's a Taylor Swift song right there. Where's my Taylor Swift girls? Nora, come on. I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Anyone else? It's a shame on me now. I, no? Come on. We got to get hip, church. But it's the same concept, right? It's the same concept. Man, as a, as a young adult, as a young lady, before I got married, I knew this guy was trouble. Not this guy, particularly. <laughs> this guy was good news. But I knew... You know, you know when you're headed for trouble. You know when you're getting desperate. You know. Why? Because you have that Holy Spirit in you. And he's, he's trying to guide you. He's trying to tell you, hey, claim these things. Allow me to speak to you and to guide you. Claim this hope. One minute, the disciples, the disciples were locked behind closed doors. They would probably look at this and say to us, man, I struggle with some of these things. Do you struggle with one of these things up here? Or two of them, or three of them, or all of them? Do you struggle? You can say yes, because there's absolutely times that I struggle with one, two, or all of them. There's, there's struggle. We're human. And God is, is showing up to his human disciples 
And the disciples who were the ones closest to him were often the first ones to not get it. To not get it and to say like, huh, what? Say that again? Right? They're behind locked doors, fearing what's coming next, not knowing what to do. Can you imagine the tension and the anxiety in that room? And then appears Jesus. Then appears Jesus. They they didn't fully understand what Jesus had just done. They didn't fully understand what to do. But the resurrection offers us access to something we could never grasp on our own. It offers us access to all of these things. You know what verse that I said we'd come back to, the one that really has, has um, spoken to me this week? It's this one. John 17, verse 8. This is Jesus speaking. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. Jesus came and lived on this earth and saw and, and experienced what it was to be flesh and blood. He saw, he was an eyewitness to everything, but he prays for me. He prays for me, and let me tell you, there's days that as a pastor, as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, as a whatever, there's days that are hard, and I love this verse because I pray for them. Jesus is praying for his followers in that moment. And we just said the word of God is alive and active and speaks to us and is for us and is about us. I'm claiming this verse. I pray for them. I believe he was praying for me. He was praying for each one of his believers. You are one of them. I don't want to make anyone upset this morning and feel like I'm trying to rewrite the Bible. I'm not trying to do that at all. But I want you to know that this is personal to you. So would you insert your name here in this next slide? This is Jesus speaking. I pray for Melody. This line gives me so much encouragement. And God, when he calls our name, he says, you are mine. Peace be with you. Follow me. That changes our lives. He came out of that grave and he saved us from the darkness and, and death. He calls our name, and by coming out of that grave, we are not alone. We are not left to our own devices. That day, he called Mary by name. He said, Mary. He calls you. He calls you and me. Do you believe it? That was really pathetic. Do you believe it? I mean, do you? Because if you don't, we're, we're, headed to, we're headed to trouble. We're headed to desperation. We're headed to, to not know what to do, to not... And we can still feel those things, but we can claim his promises to be true. Would you say amen to that? Amen. We're about to sing a song that says, he called my name and I came out of that grave. He called my name. I had sin that was holding me down. I had this, I had that. But he calls my name. And I run. I ran out of that grave. Will you stand up? Let's sing this together this morning. Yeah? Let's go. I'll have you take a seat.
I have been waiting all week to sing that song with you. <clears throat> all week. <clears throat> I have a little Taylor Swift streak myself. I think I've been excited to sing that with you because I know, I know, I know the weight of the world. And I may not know half of what's going on in here. Man, I know some of it. I know some of it, but this promise that we have, this promise that we're about to celebrate in communion, I'll have Stephen come up here with me, Scott and Peter in the back. I know the weight of this world, but we have this promise. I'm going to ask Electra, can you throw that slide up again that says what the commands are and how we claim them? <clears throat> Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Stop doubting and believe. Blessed are those who have not seen, but they have believed. Feed my sheep. Follow me. I'd like this to stay up there during communion. And I'd like us, I know we just sang this song and I want to like run out and... I don't know, punch my problems. But <clears throat> I'd really like us to focus and just be quiet and think about which one of these commands are you struggling with right now? Or do you know someone who is struggling with one of these? Can you carry that for them? Can you carry your friend's struggle with disbelief right now? Can you carry your friend's struggle with not being at peace? Can you carry that for them? We'll be up here to hold your communion and we'll take it together in a second. I know we say this a lot, but why we do this? We do this to remember the promise that came from Resurrection Day. The contract that was made with us, the covenant that Jesus made. And he said, peace be with you. I will be with you always. I will send a helper. This is what we celebrate when we take these. We remember that this word is alive and for us, about us, to us. Let's take the bread together. When Jesus said Mary, it changed everything. Jesus calls you and me. He calls us and he said, I went to the cross. I bled. My body was broken for you. Let's take this and remember that promise. If there's something I want you to remember this week, would you please remember the verse that has encouraged me all week when Jesus said, I pray for them. He prayed for you and me. And he we have these promises, we claim them. Let's not just say we believe it. Let's not just think we believe it. Let's act like we believe it. Will you say amen to that?
Let's sing one more song together.